Hello again and welcome to another episode of Just Another Mark, a wrestling podcast. Please keep in mind that there will be cussing on this show. So, if you protect your children from words, do not listen until they aren't around. Also, please keep in mind that the news I'm reporting on in each episode is sourced from around the internet and supposedly true at the time of my recording. Any personal input is just that, my own. And last but not least, remember that I am human. I'm talking for a long time and things will potentially be noisy around me and I may make noises as well. I'm going to try my best not to do it though. But please, forgive me if it happens. With that said, let's begin the three count. Hello again. Now, for the third time, everybody. First time... I did this, I was on mute, so it didn't record. The second time I did this, I got about a minute and a half in, and it had a recording error, and deleted everything. So here's hoping that third time is the fucking charm, because my god, I'm getting very fucking frustrated over this shit. Either way, hello to you, however you found me on Stitcher, on Spotify, Spotify hopefully, Um, Anchor, uh, Breaker, any damn possible place that you found your podcast needs, I hope uh, that's where you found me at. Facebook, anything, whatever. Um, I want to say happy 4th of July because as you all know, I took last week off. Um, Spent it going down to the boardwalk with my family and we ended up watching uh, Ocean City fireworks, Ocean City, New Jersey. We took in their fireworks. It was wonderful. The good thing is I got to see Ocean City, Wildwood, and Cape May fireworks all at the same time because it's a coast area. So where we were located at on 8th Street, all we had to do was look to the right, and everybody's fireworks were going off. It was absolutely beautiful. Now, if we went down a couple streets to about <laughs> like 12th, we could actually have seen Ocean City, well, Atlantic City, Ocean City, Wildwood, and Cape May's fireworks. But um, we weren't in the area to do so, so it's all good. Uh, as we were leaving Ocean City, actually, going down the boardwalk, we did get to see Avalon's fireworks. So that was pretty dope in its own right. But either way... So even though I'm recording this way past 4th of July, I hope everybody had a fantastic holiday. I hope everybody's safe. I hope everything is good. Um, I I really have a pretty decent-sized show planned today. And with everything that I have, I really hope that I can get to everything before I decide that I want to give the fuck up. And before this episode feels like it goes too long. Because there's a lot. Um, I've got predictions to make for three shows this weekend. I've got two reviews. It should be, I think, three reviews? Maybe? Because I think AEW happened. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. It was the 29th, and I think I should have reviewed it on the 4th. But either way, um, I've got, I, I think, three reviews to do. Um, I've got two Raw Talks, two Smack Talks, um... Yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty packed show today. I'm going to try to do as much as I can as quick as I can and um and we'll we'll see how this goes. But either way, 
I want to get into the news. Uh, there's really not much going on this week, uh, or the last week, I should say, generally in the news area for pro wrestling. Um, Seth Rollins and Will Ospreay had gotten into a Twitter beef. They squashed it. Everything's pretty good on that front. You guys already know that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are taking charge of Raw and SmackDown, respectfully. Um, you guys already know that uh, they're exploiting Becky and Seth Rollins' relationship on Raw. And, oh, another big thing that, that hit, I guess you could say, is apparently, oh man, I almost called him Neville Pock, is going to be going to AEW soon. They are working out a deal with him currently. And they um, they they pretty much are saying expect him soon. So that's, that's what uh, the big thing, I guess you could say, this week is. Uh, there's a couple other big things that happen, but they're going to go into my reviews. So I really don't want to talk about them in the news category. Um, other than that, I mean, realistically... For such a big week in pro wrestling, where you have Fight for the Fallen on Saturday, Evolve 131 on Saturday, and Extreme Rules on Sunday, there's really not a lot of news going on, and that's confusing as fuck to me, especially considering it's Thursday. <laughs> like, typically around this time of the week, man, you got a lot of crazy shit that's happened um, recently in the world of professional wrestling, and, and I really can't think of anything huge that stands out to me currently that's saying this is something you have to talk about this is something you have to talk about um i believe it was uh, yeah one of them was uh Kota Ibushi's working with an ankle injury um but that's not really anything super duper crazy um I I I can't think of anything else. Again, anything else that I could say that that I want to talk about. Oh, oh, oh. Enzo and Joey Janela. <laughs> it was a completely staged thing. Uh you can clearly see that it was staged. There's there's nothing huge that's going on with that. Um the fucking the video even cuts off before anybody hits anybody. So, come on, I've seen a few different videos of this, nothing big about it, um, they had a little Twitter beef, but that's, that's it, it's just trying to get name and recognition out there for both of them, I'm guessing, uh, it is what it is, um, the other things, actually, I'm looking into it, Becky Lynch is the first WWE superstar to be on the cover of ESPN Magazine, um, that's actually a pretty big deal, uh, even though uh, even though magazines are kind of like a, a, a dying thing now, print media is kind of dying, um, they, it's still cool that she made it on the cover of that, and she's actually the first one to do it. When you think of all the huge megastars that the WWE has had over the years, Becky Lynch is the first one. So, I mean, congratulations to her. 
Um, also this week, uh, CMLO owner Paco Alonso passed away. Um, but as my boy Sal said, that's still not going to change any of the corruption in that company because holy shit, they are one of the most corrupt companies out there. Um, the other big thing that hit Roman Reigns actually won an ESPY last night, uh, for best WWE return, um, for his cancer return. I mean, you know that, that he was going to win it. I'm not, I'm not being cynical or a pessimist or anything here, but, uh, no matter what the fuck you put that up against, there's no way that Roman Reigns is going to lose from his cancer return. Like, really? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, congratulations to him for winning. We already knew that was going to be a gimme. Um, also, the other thing is New Jack is teasing a memoir that he's going to be releasing this fall. And if any of you know anything about New Jack, the professional wrestler from ECW and Smoky Mountain and all that shit, <laughs> oh boy, you, you, you gotta watch, or read, I mean, I'm sorry, read that when it hits in the fall, because that is going to be absolutely delicious. I, I can't wait until that hits. Also, uh, Tito Ortiz is going to be going against Alberto Patron, or Alberto Del Rio, as the WWE fans know, in Combate America's debut, uh, which is Alberto El Patron's uh, new MMA company that's going to be debuting within the next couple months. Other than that, that's pretty much all I have for you guys in the news department. So, why don't we go ahead <laughs> and get started on these goddamn reviews. Um, I'm going to just do a quick AEW gloss over, because I'm pretty sure I did not review that. I, I unfortunately did not go back to um, last month's uh, last episode. But I damn well know, like I said, if I was supposed to record on the 4th, which was that Thursday, and I didn't, um, Fighter Fest took place on the 29th, and I did not get the chance to review that. I'm, I'm damn sure positive I didn't. So let's go ahead, just do a quick overview of that. So, Fighter Fest took place on June 29th, 2019 in Daytona, Florida. Um, it was a collaboration between... Um, uh, what the hell was the video game company? I'm looking over here. Um, CEO Community Effort Orlando. So, it was a collaboration between CEO, which is a fighting game event, and AEW. Uh, the, the buys were pretty good. I mean, not the buys, the... Ticket sales were pretty good. They didn't sell out. Uh, AEW offered this for free on Bleacher Report Live. So, also, this weekend, AEW will be offering Fight for the Fallen on Bleacher Report Live as well. So, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But, uh, real quick, the matches that took place at um, Fight for the Fallen. No, 
Fighter Fest, Jesus Christ, two very similar named shows back-to-back hurts your brain. The best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, defeated SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, and Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, in a three-way tag match to advance to All Out for an opportunity at a first-round bye in the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. That ended in 16 minutes. That match was pretty good. Uh, it was a decent show opener. Not the best. Um, then you had Ali defeating Leva Bates with Peter Avalon, which are the librarians in a singles match. 8 minutes and 50 seconds. I believe that match went on way longer than it should have. There there was no need for uh, almost 10 minutes there. Both females are still pretty... I'm not going to say bad, but uh, they they still have a lot to work on. And for that to be almost nine minutes, eh, not really. Um, And then the last match of the pre-show was Michael Nakazawa defeating Alex Jabaley in a hardcore match. Alex Jabaley is the head of CEO. And when they say hardcore match, it really wasn't actually a hardcore match. I mean... For Christ's sakes, the big spot was they put Legos on the mat. So, either way, it was it was a fun match. It was okay for what it was. Um, but then you get into the main card. Uh, Shima defeated Christopher Daniels in a singles match in 9 minutes and 40 seconds. Pretty good show opener. The last time these two guys faced each other was about 15 years ago, probably. When both were still pretty young. And both were still... You know, uh, relatively, I won't say new, but they were they were younger. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, it was a pretty solid match. Uh, I want to probably give that one a three stars solidly. Uh, Riho, excuse me, then defeated Yuka Sakazaki and Nyla Rose in a three-way match at 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Yuka Sakazaki has become the golden girl of AEW and most of professional wrestling right now. She must be protected at all costs, according to her fans. Um, Riho is great, but um, everybody loves Yuka Sakazaki. So let's hope that she gets some sort of really good push when AEW TV does become a thing. Because everybody... Damn, here we go. Everybody seems to love her little ass. The magical girl she is. Um, I'll give that one a, a three stars as well. Adam Page defeated Jimmy Havoc, Jungle Boy with Luchasaurus, and MJF Michael Jacob Friedman in a four-way match at 10 minutes and 50 seconds. I think this probably would have fared better if it was a elimination match, maybe? But I also... Um, would have liked to see MJF win it, to be honest, because realistically, Adam Page could have won it, I mean, could have lost it, and it wouldn't have hurt him necessarily, uh, going into All Out, it could have put him in a questionable position, and made him kind of doubt himself, and, uh, they could have had some fun with that from being the elite going into the pay-per-view, but uh, it is what it is. They gave Adam Page the strong win, and 
you know, he's looking good going into <sighs> All Out as it stands, of course. Fight for the Fallen hasn't happened yet. Um, I'm going to probably give that one uh, a two and a half. Uh, it wasn't the greatest. It was it was there. Um, Cody with Brandy Rhodes uh, went against Darby Allen and fought to a time limit draw in a singles match. Time limit was 20 minutes. And it was slow. Slow paced, I guess you could say. Cody kind of kept Darby grounded for the most part. So fans really didn't get to see the spectacle or the bedazzling that he's capable of. I would definitely suggest going out of your way to uh, checking out some of his shit from other companies. Him and Moxley in another company previously put on a hell of a match for their main event. So definitely check it out. It's on YouTube. Um, I would say for the for the benefit of this, I'm definitely going to give it a three stars. It was it was pretty good. It wasn't the best. It was pretty good. Um, then for the main event of the show, okay, uh, there was a last match, but it was a non-sanctioned match. But for the main event, it was the Elite, which is Kenny Omega, Matt, and Nick Jackson against the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, and Laredo Kid in a six-man tag team match. 20 minutes and 50 seconds. Um, oh, also, real quick, Cody. That was that was the match. That was the chair shot match. Everybody for the last two weeks has done nothing but talk about this fucking chair shot. Look, he's a grown-ass man. He's going to do what he wants to do. He understands the concussion and the CTE issues. He understands all of that. He knows that. He's not stupid. He's not an idiot. The chair was gimmicked. It wrapped around him the wrong fucking way. Hit the other side of his goddamn head. What do you want? He was busted open the hard way. It happens. It has happened. He's fine. He went to concussion testing. Luckily, nothing happened. He got some staples in his head. Let's move the fuck on. Okay? Uh, 15, 20 years ago, you guys were raving lunatics about the Attitude Era, and that was the best era in fucking professional wrestling. And now that somebody gets an unprotected chair shot in 2019, you all want to fucking cry. Okay, let's go back and cry for fucking Mick Foley back in 2000 fucking 1 or 99 or 98, or even let's go cry for him when he was in fucking Japanese death matches. No, you don't want to do that. But either way, Cody's fine. Shut the fuck up. He knew what he was getting into. It is what it is. It's simple. That's that. Um... Let's move on to the Elite and the Lucha Brothers and the Laredo Kid match. Fun fucking match. Absolutely awesome match. Definitely a 4.5 star match. Um, I, I'm clo- I've wanted to do a 5 star match for this one. But man, uh, there was a couple moments where I was like, oh damn. Alright, well that took me out of the match. So I, I want to give it a 5 star, but I can't. I can't just on those merits alone. But either way, fun match. Matt and Nick came out dressed up as fucking Ryu and Ken. Um, Kenny came out dressed up as Akuma. It was fun. It was good. High spots fucking galore. Everything was fantastic. Like I said, I want to give it five stars, but there was a couple things in the match that really kind of took me out of it, and and that's why I'm getting the four and a half. Um, The last match of the night, which was non-sanctioned, you had John Moxley going against Joey Janela, and it went to 20 minutes. I would have given this match 
a higher score had everything not been so gimmicked, okay? I went to Tournament of Death the weekend before that. I saw what happens when barbed wire gets on skin. I've seen it before. I, I know what barbed wire does when it gets on skin. Um, yeah, there were some real pieces of barbed wire mixed in there. There was There was things going on. But they didn't get beat up as badly as they should have. And I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that I wanted them to have their guts be coming out of their bodies or anything like that. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is um, it wasn't as believable as it could have been, especially for Moxley and um, Janela. So... Either way, it was a good match. I'm giving it a four stars. Don't don't think that I'm not. It was definitely worth it. Um, really good show. Definitely go out of your way and look at look into it if you can. Um, because I enjoyed it. You know, uh, the whole show probably would get a uh, three and a half. Three and a half sounds good. Yeah. I mean, to me, anyway. Um, now let's get on to the next review that I'm doing. I'm looking for the card real quick. There it is. I actually watched an Impact show. <gasps> Everybody gasp. I watched Slammiversary uh, 17. And, yeah... It was alright. Not going to say it was the best. Not going to say it was the worst. I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to get in-depth into matches. Because uh, nothing really nothing really was great to me. I'm just going to give you the winners and the losers. Now the end of the show, I will talk to you about that. Because that was kind of something in the news that I wanted to say. But again, I wanted to save it for uh, this. Um, match number one, Willie Mack defeated Jake Crist and TJP and Trey Miguel in a four-way match at ten minutes. The North, which consists of Ethan Page, Josh Alexander, defeated the Latin American Exchange, Ortiz and Santana with Conan and the Rascals, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz, in a three-way tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships at seven minutes and twenty seconds. Eddie Edwards defeated Killer Cross in a first blood match at 11 minutes and 30 seconds. That match was pretty good, I'm not going to lie. That was probably one of the better ones. And um, I know one of the, uh, previously in, in the last match, one of the LAX members got hurt. So that sucks. Sorry, you never want to see anything like that happen. Um, but <sighs> the Eddie Edwards and Killer Cross match was pretty goddamn good. I enjoyed that. Moose defeated Rob Van Dam. Um, please, please retire, RVD. In a singles match at 13 minutes and 50 seconds. Um, Taya Valkyrie defeated Jessica Havoc, Rosemary, and Sue Young in a four-way Monsters Ball match for the Impact Knockouts Championship at 11 minutes and 45 seconds. Pretty good match. Again, uh, this was one of those ones that stood out. So far, you've had uh, Eddie Edwards and Killer Cross stand out. Now you have Taya Valkyrie. Jessica Havoc, Rosemary, and Sue Young stand out. I, I really enjoyed it. Fantastic match. Um, 
Rich Swan defeated Johnny Impact for the X Division Championship at 14 minutes and 55 seconds. Pretty good match again. Um, for those two, though, I feel like they could have done more. And I know that I'm kind of nitpicking at their match, but I, I do. I feel like they could have done more. Um, it was good, though, for what it was. Definitely a match to seek out. Um, then you had Brian Cage defeating Michael Elgin for the Impact World Championship at 14 minutes and 10 seconds. Look, I'm not an Elgin fan, especially considering what he fucking did a couple years ago. I still hold grudges on shit like that uh, as people because it shows what a individual you are. So, yeah, if you don't know about any of that, then, well, it is what it is. I'm not going to get into it, but uh, either way, it was not good. Not good at all. Um, then you had the main event. The main event was, excuse me, very um, groundbreaking. It was the first time ever that a intergender match headlined a pay-per-view in the United States, I believe. That's what it was. And advertised as well. And it was Tessa Blanchard against uh, a person that I despise as a human, as a worker, as everything in Sammy Callahan. Can't stand the motherfucker. Me and him got into it on Twitter and Instagram. He blocked me because he's a piece of shit. And he can go fuck himself. Either way, I'm gonna I'll be biased, unbiased from this point on. They both created history. They both had a pretty good match. Um, uh, damn, I can't take my bias away. It would have been better if I didn't hate his fucking guts. Um, I'm sure people that don't have an issue with him will say it's a great match, and they're right. But I have an issue with him, so he can go fuck himself. Tessa, hot as hell, wrestled her ass off, deserved to be in that spot, so good for her. And um, yeah, overall the show had a lot to be desired, I guess you could say. Um, but it was it was good. It was good. It was good. So that's that. Um, the other one that I watched... I don't know if I'm going to find a wiki for that, unfortunately. Hmm. You're going to have to give me a second here. Because I watched um, Major League Wrestling MLW Kings of Coliseum. Um, I just want to try to get like the quick results here because it was a, it was a pretty good show. I liked it. Um... Okay, Alexander Hammerstone defeated Cotto Brazil in a, to retain the MLW National Openweight Championship. I don't have the times on this one because, again, it's not wikied. Um, Alexander Hammerstone, he is a staple person in my group, Wrestling Empire. So, shout out to him for continuing his National Openweight Championship reign. Uh, keep kicking ass, dude. And... Um, Glad you're in my group. And it's the legit Alexander Hammerstone. As people know, 
that are in Wrestling Empire. We do have real wrestlers in the group. We have wrestlers. We have managers. We have promoters. Um, you know, uh, one of the big group rules is to just leave them alone, though. You know, let them do let them do their thing. Either way, congratulations to Hammerstone for continuing his National Openweight Championship run. Uh, then you had Myron Reed defeating Ray Horace, which uh, Ray Horace is billed as Ray Mysterio's cousin. I'm not quite sure if he is. Um, he's been there for a bit, but I, I've always wondered if he really was Ray Mysterio's cousin. I don't know. <laughs> um, then you had Jim Cornette interviewing Selena De La Renta. She was trash talking Conan. Then he came out and made his return to MLW. Conan uh, says she's been scouting lucha talent for de- uh, he's been scouting lucha talent for decades. Has some new young blood to challenge Selena's stable of fighters. Selena says she knows a dark secret about Conan that would ruin him, and they parted ways. Selena De La Renta is fucking hot. Um, check her out, whatever you can. Yeah, and then you had the ending of the show, Jacob. Fatu defeating Filthy Tom Lawler to become the new MLW heavyweight champion. Now, in between, there was a um, thing that with the Dynasty, Hammerstone, MJF, and the other guy, I forget his name. But there in the Dynasty, then you had the Hart Foundation, which is Teddy Hart, uh, Smith Jr., and um, um, Brian Pillman Jr. So... You had a little thing going on with them. Tag team championships are going to be defended in the ladder match uh, this week coming up on MLW Fusion. So if you can watch MLW Fusion, definitely do it. It's going to be pretty good. Um, Either way, so Jacob Fatu, the Samoan werewolf. This is the other bit of news that I was going to talk about. He is the new MLW champion. Super duper fucking great guy. Awesome worker. Um... Can't say anything bad about this. It's a win-win. He's on AEW's radar. He's on WWE's radar. This guy's going to be huge. Okay? Absolutely fucking huge. Um, For those that don't know, he is the son of Umaga. And he is a beast. The Samoan werewolf is a legit motherfucker. A few weeks ago, as I said to you on this show... um. He legit beat up a fan who tried to get over the barricade. And hey, everybody knows that you don't fuck with the wrestlers, like I said in my show previously. You don't fuck with the wrestlers. Duh. So, with that being said, those three shows that I watched were pretty goddamn good. I enjoyed them. Um, Everything was, uh, was decent along those three star lines as overall shows would go. So, however you watch your professional wrestling, I would definitely say seek out those three shows and um, take a gander at them. Because there's really no wrong way to go when it comes to them three. You've got three categorically different styles of wrestling. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just a fun overall experience. You know, it's different than the WWE production. I mean, AEW, of course, has top-notch production just like WWE does. Um, TNA, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. 
Of course, you're not going to get the cleanliness of, of WWE, but that's fine. Everybody kind of says WWE is overproduced anyway, which, which I kind of agree, but WWE's always been overproduced. So it, you can't really say that that's a new thing that people are complaining about. Um, either way, yeah, like I said, two pretty good shows, or three pretty good shows, all in all. Um, now for Raw Talk and Smack Talk, I'm going to do my best to kind of condense these as much as I can for the last two weeks, because just as things looked good, they got bad again. So I, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but basically last week was the first week that Paul Heyman took over Raw. For the most part. Um, apparently, Eric Bischoff was backstage at SmackDown, but he was just there to kind of like get the feel of things. Um, it was reported in the outlets that Bischoff and Heyman were starting their duties last week. That seems to be just a little bit wrong. It looks like that both of them aren't going to really be taking over taking over until the end of August. Um, but they're letting Heyman kind of dabble a bit more. Uh, and you could tell. Two weeks ago, Raw opened up with like this huge big fucking angle. It was crazy. Strowman put fucking Lashley through the, the Tron or the, the LED lights. It was awesome. The matches were pretty good. The pacing of the show was different. It didn't even feel like three hours to, uh, last week. This week, though, holy shit, it felt like 18 hours. It was it was a ridiculously long and boring episode of Raw. And that was the go-home Raw to Extreme Rules happening on fucking Sunday. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what direction they're going. I don't know why they're going this direction. But either way... um. Raw suffered hugely this week, hugely, uh, from coming from such a great episode the week before, going into this, I, I just, I don't know what's going on, and and the same can honestly be said for SmackDown, SmackDown the week before, even though Bischoff isn't in charge, you could still kind of see the difference in direction that they were going to be utilizing, I guess you could say. Last week, it was really good. This week, the only kind of noteworthy thing was the Kevin Owens uh, pipe bomb. And it really wasn't even a pipe bomb because it was predetermined. I mean, when CM Punk did his, yeah, he was he was told that he could kind of say whatever he wanted to say. Um... He kind of went off a little bit of bullet points on what he could touch on and things like that. But realistically, um, you know, the Kevin Owens thing was the best thing that happened this week. And I don't know, I don't know what WWE can do at this point to bring things up. I mean, come on. If you went on to Ticketmaster, they were having buy three, get one free tickets to Extreme Rules this week. That's in fucking Philly. 
Philly, one of the biggest WWE markets. Philly, buy three, get one free. What the fuck? I, in all my years of watching wrestling, have not heard of that happening in one of the big markets like that. Now, I could see it happening on maybe one of the smaller markets, like Oklahoma or some shit, but Philly? Are you fucking kidding me? Buy three, get one free? That's ridiculous. Fucking crazy. But either way, man, that that's, that's showing, I guess you could say, kind of the state of the E. <laughs> Ironic. <sighs> they haven't been selling. They haven't been doing anything. They're kind of in this weird fucking limbo state. It's almost as if they're just kind of waiting until SmackDown goes to Fox in October. And and I don't know why they're waiting for that. Like, everything seems to be in this weird, funky standstill where they're not going any further, but they're trying to to not go backwards either. But you can't. If you're not going forward and you're stagnant, then that means people just aren't going to watch. Ratings are going down huge. It's a problem. And and to think that October is going to be your saving grace is just wrong. You have to go into October strong. You can't just fucking, like, stay still and then be like, yeah, bitches, we're here in October. No. Fuck no. You got to go to October. In the words of The Rock, you got to just bring it. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. I, I don't know what the process is going on there anymore, man. It's ridiculous. But, um... Either way, you took one step forward a week ago, two steps back this week, in my opinion. I know you're trying to stand still and be, just be stagnant, but it is what it is, man. You guys need to get your shit together. Get it all together. Put it in a bag and fucking sell it. Do something. Take it to the shit store. I don't care. Just get your fucking shit together. Either way. Um, I've got now three predictions because the WWE want to be assholes and make me want to hurt myself. So Saturday night is going to be very jam packed. Not only do I have a baseball game that I'm going to in Philly, but also AEW is putting on Fight for the Fallen. And WWE, on the WWE Network, is showing Evolve's 10th Anniversary Special, which is Evolve 131. So, needless to say, there's a lot going on. Um, That's just on Saturday. So I'll get to the predictions of AEW first. Then I'll get to the predictions of Evolve 131, which is the 10th anniversary special. And then I'll get to the predictions of fucking, uh, what do you want to call it on Sunday? Extreme Rules. So, you have Brandy Rhodes versus Ali in a singles match. God damn it. Brandy Rhodes versus Ali in a singles match. I'm going to give that one to... Allie, considering she won 
the other one. Well, this is Brandy's debut. So I'm going to probably... I'll give it to Brandy. I'll give it to Brandy. Then you have Kenny Omega versus Chima. Uh, singles match. That is a fucking dream match right there. Uh, I'm going to give that to Kenny. Uh, Cody and Dustin Rhodes versus the Young Bucks. Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, I'll give that to Cody and Dustin. Because Matt and Nick have been in the spotlight making fun of them on being the elite for the last, like, two to three weeks now. So, yeah. Um, then you have Adam Page versus Kip Sabian in a singles match. Uh, Kip Sabian's probably going to win it due to fuckery from Chris Jericho, more than likely. Then you have Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela against MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears in a six-man tag team match. Um, so you got like the hardcore fucking legends against uh, the wrestlers. So yeah, <laughs> um, it'll be pretty good. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela though. Uh, then you have SoCal Uncensored, which is Frankie and Kazarian, or Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky with Christopher Daniels at the sidelines. Against the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix in a tag team match. I'm going to give it to SoCal considering they've jobbed for like the last... They jobbed the last one and I don't remember if they won the first one back in Double or Nothing. I'm not I'm not sure. That was May. It's July. Um, so yeah, that's going to be that. And then also the pre-show is Sonny Kiss against Peter Avalon. I definitely say Sonny's going to win that one considering Leva uh, lost hers. So, there's that. That is my predictions for Fight for the Fallen. And then, let's go to Evolve now. Jesus Christ. This is this is ridiculous. <laughs> Too many shows this weekend. Oh, and Evolve is in Philly as well. Shit. Oh, that's right. Evolve is taking place at the 2300 Arena. Fuck, at the ECW Arena for everybody that's, you know. Um... No, I'm not donating to Wikipedia, thank you. Anyway, so the big thing about Evolve 131 here is that WWE is, of course, utilizing their talents for the Evolve program as well. They've been lending their talents to Evolve because Gabe Sapolsky isn't a bad guy. He's he's good at what he does. He used to run up Ring of Honor. They had kind of like a thing with Ring of Honor, and then when Gabe left and did Evolve, and now they kind of got a thing with Evolve. So, either way, um, here we go for the predictions when it comes to Evolve 131 or the Evolve 10th anniversary show. Let me yawn first. <sighs> that should be like a segment in my show, right? Um... You got Brandy Lauren versus Shotzi Blackheart in a singles match. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart is famously known for selling her shit for $5. Um, well, a picture of her shit for $5 and making pretty good bank off of it. I'm definitely giving this match to Shotzi. It is her first actual WWE programmed match. Pretty cool. Uh, then you have Eddie Kingston and Joe Gacy versus AR Fox and Leon Ruff with 
uh, Ayla and the Skulk in a tag team match for the Evolve Tag Team Championships. I'm giving it to Kingston and Gacy. Uh, again, these guys are getting exposed by the network now, you know, um, which is awesome. Uh, Joe Gacy is kind of a dickhead, but he's a good wrestler, so I'll give him that. Then you have Kurt Stallion versus Sean uh, Maluta versus Stephen Wolf versus Harlem Bravado in a fatal four-way match. I am not going to lie to you guys. I don't know either any of those four. So let's give it to um, uh, Sean Maluta. Then you got Babatunde versus Colby Carino. I don't know who Babatunde is, sorry. Uh, I'll give it to Colby because I know who he is. I know who he's the son of. Um, and, and they'll utilize him pretty well if they, uh, they decide to. So, um, then you have, Jesus Christ, ads go away. Uh, Anthony Henry versus Arturo Ruas. I don't know either of these guys as well. It's a grudge grudge match. I don't watch Evolve much, so that should go without saying. I'll give it to Arturo. Then you have... J.D. Drake versus Austin Theory, who J.D. Drake is the WWN champion, and Austin Theory is the Evolve champion. Winner takes all match for both the WWN and Evolve championship. So that'll be a pretty good match. Um, I'm going to go with Austin Theory on that one. Um, Josh Briggs versus Anthony Green in a singles match. The future is now showcase match. I'll go with Anthony Green on that one. Then you have Drew Gulak versus Matt Riddle in a singles match, catch point reunion match. I will give that one to Riddle. Then you have Adam Cole, baby, versus Akira Tozawa in a singles match for the NXT Championship. Obviously, I'm giving that to Adam Cole. So there is the Evolve 131 predictions. Chugging along here, guys. Um... Now, I think Extreme Rules has like 10 or 11 fucking matches. It's going to be a long-ass show. So, <sighs> God damn it! give me a minute here, because Wikipedia is uh, asking that I donate 275 to them. I mean, that's cool and all, but I don't have 275 kind of money. If you can't run your site, then don't ask me for money. That's pretty much it. Um, wow, does Wikipedia not have, hmm, oh, it doesn't have the card, duh, hold on, I went to the wrong area, my bad, (laughs) Okay, so, Extreme Rules. I'll go to the bottom and work my way from the top. Uh, Alistair Black versus Cesaro. Definitely giving that to Alistair Black. Raw Tag Team Championship match to Revival versus the Usos. I'll give it to the Usos because the Revival haven't renewed their contract, and I don't think they will. Then you have Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley in the last man standing match. I'm going to give that to Braun Strowman. 
WWE Cruiserweight Championship match, Drew Gulak versus Tony Nese, giving it to Gulak, considering he just won it. United States Championship match, Ricochet versus AJ Styles. I'm going to give that to AJ. Um, SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Big E and Xavier Woods versus Heavy Machinery. I'll, I'll give it to Heavy Machinery because they kind of... um. They need to go somewhere soon with with this Kofi Kingston thing because it's not really working out for them, I think, the way they wanted it to. Um, SmackDown's Women's Championship, Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a 2-1-1 handicap match. They really seem keen on wanting to take this championship from Bailey, but it's not going to happen considering this is where Sasha's going to make her return. <clears throat> Sasha hasn't been seen on TV since WrestleMania, so definitely, definitely getting a Sasha return here. Uh, WWE Championship match, Kofi Kingston versus Samoa Joe. I think Samoa's going to win it. Um, again, Kofi is not doing what they wanted him to do. He's he's not drawing. It's simple. I think that's going to lead to Joe and Daniel Bryan Having a program on SmackDown, which is going to be fucking delicious. But either way, yeah. Uh, Then you have the Universal Championship and Raw Women's Championship both on the line. Winners take all. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans in a mixed tag team Extreme Rules match. That is a big clusterfuck of things to say. But basically, if Rollins pins Corbin... That means Becky and Rollins keep their championships. If Corbin pins Rollins, that means Becky and Seth lose their championships. Got it? Got it. Same thing if Becky were to pin Lacey and Lacey were to pin Becky. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Seth and Seth and Becky. But I think after the match, if what Paul Heyman, the Paulrus, says is true, I think after that, uh, Lesnar's going to come in and beat the shit out of Rollins and take the championship. Um, then you have the main event, Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre in a no-holds-barred match. I really want to say that Shane's going to lose, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Shane's going to win. Um, especially considering he lost to The Undertaker at WrestleMania a couple years ago. And Kevin Owens is probably going... (sighs) Probably going to be the one to stop that best-in-the-world bullshit. So, I don't see Shane losing at Extreme Rules, unfortunately. Philly's going to fucking love that one. So, Shane and Drew are going to win that match. Sorry, guys. Um, <clears throat> this week, I will cut two segments from my show. Um, I'm going to cut from the Desk of a Jobber and the Old School Review. Because um, Old School Review, because I was watching so many different things this week, I didn't really get a chance to go back and watch any... Um, really older 
WWE, WCW, ECW, didn't get a chance to watch any of those shows. And if those are wondering why they're hearing a skip for some reason, my fucking thing went off on me again. So uh, maybe it's a good thing that I'm skipping these two segments because I'm going to want to kill this shit. It's going to be a pain in the ass to fucking put together and do anything with when I am... um, you know, getting the show together later on. Either way, uh, the next thing I guess I'll talk about is the final thing. Um, hmm. Yeah, I just bit my nails, whatever. Fuck off. Uh, if you want to watch anything, go back and watch. Um, Hold on. I was actually thinking about this one because this is the one that I wanted to watch. Uh... So we'll do old school review real quick, actually. I think it was 2008. Maybe. Maybe. We're going to find out together, won't we? Uh, I don't think this was it. Let me look at the matches real quick. Actually, yes, this is the one that I wanted to do. Okay, so we'll do Unforgiven 2008. Now, I didn't get to watch this one. Um, but it was one that I remembered, so we'll do it real quick. Uh, in the dark match, Evan Bourne defeated John Morrison in a singles match. The time limit's unknown because this is before kickoffs and shit like that. Matt Hardy defeated Chavo Guerrero, Finley, and Mark Henry, who was the championship, uh, who was the champion, and the Miz, to get the ECW championship minutes, uh, championship at 16 minutes and 44 seconds. Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase defeated Crime Time, uh, JTG and Shad Gaspard, to retain the w- the World Tag Team Championships at 11 minutes and 35 seconds. Shawn Michaels defeated Chris Jericho by referee stoppage in an unsanctioned match at 26 minutes and 53 seconds. Now, I believe the month after this, they had their ladder match, which was fucking amazing. Chris Jericho and Shawn, excuse me, Shawn Michaels do not get anywhere enough credit for their feud. You need to go back and watch it. You need to pay attention to it. It was probably Chris Jericho's best feud ever. And uh, they complemented each other so fucking well. Uh, Triple H defeated the Brian Kendrick, Jeff Hardy, Mont- MVP, and Shelton Benjamin in a championship match, uh, WWE Championship scramble match for the WWE Championship at 20 minutes and 15 seconds. So he retained it. Uh, then you had Michelle McCool defeat Maurice to retain the WWE Divas Championship at 5 minutes and 42 seconds. And then. Um, Then later on in that ma- in that show, Chris Jericho defeated Batista, Kane, Bradshaw, and Rey Mysterio for the vacant World Heavyweight Championship at 17 minutes and 8 seconds. So earlier in the show, Shawn Michaels beat Jericho, but then later on, Jericho came back out and won the fucking match for the World Heavyweight Championship. It was a really cool show. The scramble match was uh, idea was really awesome. 
Um, you know, the intermittent champions for the ECW one was Chavo Guerrero, then Matt Hardy, then Mark Henry, then Finley, and Matt was the eventual winner. For the WWE one, it was Jeff Hardy, then Brian Kendrick, then Triple H, then Jeff Hardy, then Triple H, then Jeff Hardy, and then Triple H was the ultimate winner. And then for the World Heavyweight one, it was Kane, then Batista, and then Chris Jericho. So the championship scramble match was really awesome. I hope they were to bring it back at some point. But yeah, Unforgiven 2008, hell of a pay-per-view, cool pay-per-view. Definitely suggest checking that out. Now, on to the final, final thing. And I'm going to try to make it quick because, again, editing this is going to suck now that I had to fucking, um, you know, restart it. Um, this, this little segment is going to be called The Robots Are Taking Over, which is my Ramblin' Rob for the week. Now, come on. It's 2019. Can we please, 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 please stop the fucking monotone deliveries of these goddamn promos in the WWE? Every other fucking company in the world right now is having people deliver passionate promos. They're, they're, they're doing wonderful things in the realm of promos. They're doing awesome things. But yet in the WWE, we still have people talking like this. You're definitely showing that you're reading from a fucking script. Can you please do something about this? I'm so fucking tired of hearing the same promo Over and over and over and over again. Have some fucking feeling with what you do. You're making a million fucking dollars a year or more. Depending on who you are. And and what your merchandise sales are. And everything. Can you fucking give us some emotion? Can you do something? Can maybe you guys stop fucking overproducing these people so much. That you need to have them sound like this. It's literally the fucking takeover of Randy Orton. Okay? Every wrestler sounds like Randy Orton. Every wrestler sounds like Randy Orton. Every wrestler... Sounds like Randy fucking Orton. All the shit that we complained about in 2008 and 2009 with him talking like this. Every fucking wrestler in the WWE is doing it now. Can we please stop? Can we get back to everybody being an individual? Can we get back to everybody having their own fucking gimmick, their own thing, their own something, catchphrases, anything, emotion. Kevin Owens is the first fucking person to really show emotion in a WWE ring in like three years. And that's saying something. Because Roman just came back from fucking cancer earlier this year. Please, please, please stop producing these people so much. Just give them fucking bullet points. Trust your talent. Trust that they're going to do what they're supposed to do. Please, they know what they're supposed to do. They can keep it in the confines. That's what made everything work 
in the 90s. It wasn't necessarily that, that everybody was cussing and this and middle fingers and all that. Yeah, it helped. But what was the best part was they were allowed to be themselves. Okay? Steve Austin has said plenty of fucking times that his character is literally just him turned up to 11. It's him. Let them feel their characters. Let them be their characters. Let them love their characters. If you don't, all you get is monotonous, monotone, fucking presentations from people that don't like what they're doing. It's proven fact. That right there alone will probably fucking cause half of your ratings problems to go away, dude. Like, it's ridiculous. All you gotta do is just let these fucking people talk. Let them do something instead of just going out there and and not caring about what they're doing. They're fucking professional wrestlers. They want to wrestle. They want to show the best of their abilities. They want to do things that are different. They don't want to be fucking coddled with the five moves of doom. Every fucking wrestler is John Cena now. With your 50-50 booking, with your monotonous fucking robot-toned wrestlers, why do people want to watch your show? Why do people want to invest eight fucking hours a week into your product? Now, the good thing is in NXT, and UK NXT, they're actually allowed to do shit. Did you ever fucking wonder maybe that that's why they're the highest rated shows on the network? Ding, 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 ding. Gee, I don't know. Maybe because they're not the same fucking cookie-cutter bullshit that you put out for Raw, that you put out for SmackDown, that you put out for Main Event, that you put out for fucking 205 Live. NXT and NXT UK are different. You don't have to be gritty and and bloody and fingers and this and that and everything to have a good product. No. You've got phenomenally talented wrestlers on your programs. Let them care about what they're doing. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. On that note, I'm going to head out for the day. Because I have some editing to do. Hopefully I'll be able to do it right. (laughs) And it won't sound like a jumbled fucking mess. But either way, talk to you guys next week. And I'm just a dude being a guy. And I'll see you next week. Be safe. Have fun. And we'll have lots to review next week. (laughs) Enjoy the rest of your day. The rest of your week. Find me on all your normal shits. Thank you. I really need to come up with an outro, don't I? Alright. Later, guys.